Welcome to another episode of The Conversation with Crystal. Today's guest is my boyfriend, Jacob Larsabal, and we discuss relationships right in time for Valentine's Day. We talk about why they're so important, why they drive us crazy, why communication is so vital, and so much more. Stay tuned and enjoy the episode. So, if you had to define a relationship, what is it? What does it mean to you? You're asking me? I'm asking. I'm also just throwing it out there. (laughs) (laughs) Define a relationship. A relationship between a man and woman? A relationship with kids? A relationship... Intimate relationship, yes. So, an intimate relationship between a man and a woman is that's one I know the most. How do you define it? Oh, you define a relationship as two people coming together in an attempt to understand each other. That mm. what I, that's what I think would be the base description of any relationship um, between humans. It's two people coming together yeah, and attempting to understand each other. That's a pretty great answer. I'm like, wow, that's so simple. I never, I never thought of it that way. For me, it'd be like this complex thing of like vehicles for growth and evolution through the understanding of the woman's eye and the man's eye. (laughs) Flowery words. It is a bunch of flowery words. What would you do? How would you define a relationship? What would you, how would you define it? The desire to procreate. It's some men and women come together. Like a motivation to well, have I mean, a but it's a motivation, but it's a huge reason. Like definition yeah, true. It's the it's the first response that I have in terms of defining a relationship, an intimate relationship between men and women, is the desire to procreate and continue the human species. And in order to do that, you'd establish a strong foundation between the man and the woman in order to cultivate that. Okay, so that would be your definition more a strong foundation between a man and a woman, so is it could, like some kind of agreement mm-hmm. the foundation. with the fuel of procreation and biology, and then the from goal. there, of course, human interaction. So you think all relationships between men and women are, or at least romantic, are based on the goal of procreation? Well, at a subconscious level, I mean, we have to procreate because we have to continue our species, so that is the inherent reason that we will come together, is that We need each other to continue our species. We need each other to hunt and gather, to create a safe space. And the abilities of the man and the woman are able to cultivate that. Interesting. Well, that is one of our core drives since we were cavemen. So that's how I would define it. Do you think that when people don't have relationship at a subconscious level, that is why it causes people so many, so much pain that like when people are desperate or people are afraid that they don't have a relationship, do you think at a subconscious level that primal need is being activated? Like as like, as like a a threat to our species. Oh, I can't, I'm not procreating because I don't have a partner. I don't have that. That urge is not being met. And I literally just thought of this now. I have never thought of it in this way. Yeah, when you don't satisfy an instinct, uh, I've noticed in myself, 
when you don't satisfy or feed an, a natural instinct that you have, you will always feel incomplete in some way. Mm. Um, I feel like humans are born with some core guiding, internal, like, guiding rules. You call them instincts, you call them whatever. And they kind of will push you. And most of the time you're like, why do I even want this? Most of the time you don't even realize, like, well, what's attracting me to go search out a man or go search out a woman and what makes me want to, you know, form a relationship with her or get her pregnant. Like what's that drive mm -hmm. behind it? And uh that's something that I feel like that question hasn't asked enough in our generation. Because our generation we have the lowest marriage count. Uh our generation is not reproducing or procreating like any of the other generations before us. And I feel like we've just never asked them as, as, as millennials, we've never looked into that. We've stayed in a extended period of adolescence. Um, instead of looking internally at our natural responsibilities of life. So that's kind of a tangent. I digress. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's all important. I, mean, I wasn't expecting to even ask that question because I've, I've never thought of it that way as to like, why do we always want relationships? so badly and that is a that is it's at our core level <clears throat> because i was always thinking about like why is it so painful for people to like be alone or like why people get so caught up in like being single as a like a disease or something you know well i think well there's a lot that goes into that i think one of the things if you were to look at like from a societal standard if you don't if you can't attract a mate, then that usually by default means that you have something wrong with you. Hmm. Um, there's something malfunctioning about you. You're not a normal human. So if you go back to like the oldest days, like you would, you pass by, you'd see someone that just never has a mate. You'd be like, what's up with them? Are they unhealthy? Can they not reproduce? Can, are they not competent enough to fulfill their role in the relationship? And then vice versa, when you do have mate, a mate or mates, uh, it says the exact opposite about you. It says, oh, you, you have everything that you need. You are a competent person fulfilling their role in society. You have the ability to do this. And here's the proof. The proof is that I have these mates and I'm procreating. So within itself, a relationship and procreating having kids is a sign to yourself and society that you are stable, you are successful, you are mm -hmm. a proper human, you're healthy. <clears throat> And you're abundant. Wow. Um, That's so interesting that like, as we're talking about it and like feeling into ourselves as Pete, like as a human, as I guess like, like a human animal that like the primal importance of a relationship and how much that truly defines where we stand in society and how we see ourselves. Yeah. Like, that's just the one, that's just one aspect of a, of, of a relationship and its importance. Yeah. Cause humans survive by numbers. So that's when you're by yourself, it's difficult to be able to okay. expand. That's why we need tribe. And part of creating tribe and cultivating tribe is having a partner because then you can grow your clan. Yeah. It's really That's interesting. Communication. Why is it so damn hard for people to communicate? Because we always feel like we're being honest, but then it's not to interpret it that way. Or... Well, I think it's because people aren't being honest with themselves. And so if you can't properly communicate your feelings, then you don't know your own feelings. So you have to take a step back and figure yourself out. And then you'll be able to, and once you figure yourself out, you will be able to communicate yourself to whoever you're in a relationship. It's, I feel 
that people experience feelings and they'll take the time to reflect on like what it is that they're experiencing but still have a hard time actually contextualizing it into words. But I don't feel like they're they're either illiterate then, which I don't think most people are. It's pretty easy to articulate your feelings. Well, I think the hard part is to figure out your own feelings. Because you might feel you might think that you're feeling a certain way and you'll react a different way and then like you might if you really look take a look in the mirror you might realize, Oh, I'm I was reacting that way because I was actually sad, not angry. So people will be like, Oh, I'm angry when it's really that you're sad because you were hurt by something that happened in a relationship, for example. Um and if you take that step back and really figure out your emotions, it becomes very easy to communicate your emotions to the other person. And if you find that you just like you said at the beginning, you're struggling to communicate your feelings, your emotions, it's probably because you don't fully understand them yourself yet. And you always have to process your stuff before you can communicate it to them. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I do think that people will, can sit and process and like, and have a deep understanding of what it is that they're experiencing and still have a diff- difficult time actually contextualizing it. But I guess that just comes with practice, right? Like with anything, you like practice makes perfect. If you're not coming from an environment that's going to teach you how to speak, pro- I don't want to say speak properly, but um, communicate effectively or efficiently, um, you can understand exactly what's happening oh, internally, but you won't be able to articulate it in the way that you want to. I say that because I've experienced that with you sometimes where I'm ex- having a feeling and I know what it, exactly it is that I'm experiencing. Sure? Yeah. Well, yeah. And then trying to articulate it, but the way you interpret it and take it in is not the intent that I had or the I- idea that I would, that I am experiencing and trying to convey to you. Then that could have been with me. You could, then if you really did understand what you're doing and you were conveying it correctly, then I could have been at fault. I could have been either projecting something onto whatever you were trying to communicate to me. And that clouded your, that clouded my ability to receive whatever you were communicating to me. Um, yeah, cause it could go both ways. Maybe I wasn't in a state to understand whatever you were communicating. So it could go either way, but. I was more talking just about you and yourself and what you can do if you're having trouble mm-hmm. communicating to the person, not if they're having trouble receiving. It's a whole different thing. So if That's you're true. having trouble communicating to the person, then it's usually that you don't understand fully what you're trying to communicate yet. So you need to step back and look in the mirror again and really figure it out, what you're feeling and what you want and what you don't want and what you're really trying to say. You see, that's why I, I I say that relationships are difficult, though, because I I tend to all focus on how the message is also taken in, and if people have their own biases or the way of perceiving things or how they take one word versus another, then communicating what you feel or how you're experiencing may not resonate in the way that you want it to, because you always have to taking the other person's understanding. Yeah, I mean, one thing to say about that is people are going to take it how they're going to take it. Um, you have no control over that. The best you can do is try to make your presentation as clear as possible and as straightforward as possible. And some people might need to hear it a couple times. Some people might need to be like, reminded or corrected. That's not how it was intended. 
I said it like this because, you know, that's why I always talk to you. I'm like, you need to take me literally. True. A lot of the time you don't take me literally. You don't take the words you, you read some. I to take my own advice. Just talking about myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I try to be. I, when I'm having a serious conversation, I try to be as accurate as possible with my word choice and try to be as literal as possible. Um, and a lot of the times, a lot of people that will be hypersensitive and they'll read into things um, that aren't there. Um, and they'll pick up on, they'll think you're trying to communicate something like hidden in between your words, you know, and mm-hmm. like reading between the lines. And sometimes people do that. I think that's a really terrible way to communicate. Um, I think direct, being direct as possible is, the, is really the most efficient and honest way. And that's <sighs> where the most gets done. I mean, I, I, especially in a relationship, I think being direct is the best. And we live in a day and age where everyone is babying everyone's ego, so no one is direct. Because everyone's like, you always have to be positive, you always have to be nice, good vibes only, positivity only. I'm like, that has its place, being positive and uplifting and supporting your partner. But part of supporting your partner is pointing out when they're fucking up. And when you feel like they've fallen off their path or, and, and you need to be willing to sacrifice and upsetting them and being emotionally uncomfortable for their own good and for the sake of the relationship. Because if you're never willing to address problems directly and you're always going to like beat around the bush and baby their ego, you will never be able to weather the storm. Uh, that will eventually come in your relationships as all relationships have ups and downs and you won't, you'll be, limiting yourself and limiting your ability to handle the arguments and disagreements and whatever other problems come up in the relationship. So direct conversation, pure honesty, understanding yourself and being able to communicate that to your partner. I feel like those are the aspects of communication in relationships that we really need to work on. As a society. You know, that makes me think about projection because I feel like we put our own feelings and sensitivities onto the other individual. So you're not able to communicate properly all the time because you're so consumed about, oh, if this is how saying this would make me feel this is probably how they're going to, this will make the other person feel bad that I'm trying to speak my mind to or worse. Mm -hmm. What about like with rejection? Because so many people are afraid to be fully honest in relationship or I guess fully direct because they don't want to be rejected by their partner, by speaking their truth. They don't want to lose that person. I mean, you hear that all, especially with women, we hear that all the time. That's a big one. And my answer to that, where we had, we talked about this yesterday was if you're afraid of them being rejecting you, uh, that might actually be a grounded fear. It might actually be what could happen. But if you telling the truth to your partner makes them reject you and leave you, the truth makes them reject you, then that relationship was not going to last anyways. Mm. Because if the relationship can't handle truth, what kind of relationship is that? Is that a relationship that you want? One that cannot handle truth and honesty? You want one that handles like covering up and lies and no, 
like it, it, that's why I'm such an advocate of truth and communication, you know, even at the sake of people's emotional comfort and ego. Because no matter what happens, if you tell the absolute truth, you tell your truth of how you really feel, what you really want out of the relationship, the relationship will always go in the direction that's best for you. Mm. Whether that's, you know, the relationship ending or the relationship continuing. Um, it will always go in the direction that you need it to go. And as long as you are able to communicate your truth, your and in your full truth to the other person. Uh, that's just hearing this always just makes me go back to like the original, not the original, always my standing point of this is why you always have to do self-reflection to understand why you're in relationship in the first place or why you want it. And I guess I understand that level of risk. I don't know if, how whatever your threshold for risk is because initially like even hearing you say that like I felt myself having an experience I was like oh but I don't want to do I want to lose this person but then that goes back to like fears of abandonment and so and it's so fascinating to me how all those underlying factors and feelings will influence just how people communicate and you won't even realize like you're having that fear because you're afraid to lose something or afraid to have a change in dynamic because it, it, it it's like an experience of like a f- physical experience of loss or a physical. Well, I know how you say that. That's <clears throat> how you lose. I mean, that's how you feel a lot. You physically feel a lot of your emotions in the sense of loss is very physically taxing on you. Um, I mean, that's just a, that goes back to people's stories and the stories that they allow themselves to keep running in their system. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you going to keep the story of fear or loss or abandonment going that will allow you to communicate your truth or communicate effectively to your partner because you, this is triggering for you. So you're assuming it's triggering for them, but then there's always this veil, I guess that's always in between you and the other person because you know, you're not fully, stating what it is that you are feeling or thinking or or possibly that's need. why it's so important to communicate your absolute truth i mean like if something about them bugs you and is really not bugs you but upsets you or you know you and you don't like it tell them if they have a haircut that you find repulsive and it's going to affect your sex life tell them <laughs> like and, and it's, it's a, and, you know and you were told nowadays not to do that but like if you don't, then you're, the sex life is going to start depleting as like, you're not, you know, communicating with your partner, like what works for you and what doesn't. And then the sex, having problems in the bedroom will lead to sexual frustration and disappointment. And people will start to assume other problems in their relationship. And it's just something from so simple as telling like, Hey, I don't like your hair like that. Can you change it? And they can either say yes or no. And if they say no, that's fine. Then you'll, then you'll deal with that situation as it comes. And maybe that might be the end of the relationship over something so simple. But if it did end, that's how it was supposed to be because it didn't work for you. Mm-hmm. And that, and, and not fixing even those little problems with being honest, uh, could lead to bigger problems in the future. And then you could have stayed with that person for five to 10 years. It didn't work then. And the reason you get these type of relationships where people stay together and they're not happy, they don't like each other, you know, they're just like gritting their teeth 
They've been together for 20 years. It's because nobody was honest at the beginning and said, I don't like your haircut. And, <laughs> and they stayed together for 20 years unhappily. Mm-hmm. And, and, but if they did 20 years ago, someone said, I don't like your haircut. It's ugly. Another person said, fuck you. I'm out. They would have gone their separate ways and they might have found a relationship that works for them better. Mm-hmm. Is more compatible. It's so interesting because like, what am I saying? well, doesn't matter. It's so interesting listening to you speak and articulate these things because as you articulate, I have a, phys- a physiological response. And that physiological response acts as a subconscious driver in keeping people together or in strategically behaving in relationship. Because it's like the, the experience or the feeling of that anxiousness or fear it's like it needs to be overrided. And so people become strategic in how they communicate because those fears are arising. And when people say they act unconsciously or um, your old patterns are showing or insert your own word of preference, I feel that acts as that driver because people are not aware that they're having those little bubbling feelings coming up and then trying to behave in order to negate that and keep it silenced because their experience is becoming so uncomfortable that they want to, they'll communicate or say anything to piece the situation. So they don't have to go through that. That's just anxiety. That's stress. That's a, that's part of life. And you need to be able to face that. That's a big part of the relationship. That's where all the growth comes from. Yeah. That feeling is like one of the only times where you have the ability to ch- make a big change when you get that, because you can either, if you choose to alleviate it, that means that you want to keep it the same, whatever it is. If you choose to whatever, alleviate it, like you said, verbally say anything just to make it go away. That means that you're not going to make a change. Mm. If you choose to face it and say, Oh, I am feeling this for a reason. And that, what that is, is anxiety of the unknown. Because now you, that you're also given a choice. You can either stay the same, which most people choose because it's easy and comfortable, or you can choose to grow or not even just grow, but just try something different that might work out, but might not. But that's the only avenue for growth. And you have to go through the road of anxiety in order to grow. And so, and that's why they, everyone always says relationships are such huge vehicles for growth, which I absolutely agree with is because you get to acknowledge those feelings, those feelings that have always been there more than likely outside of the intimate partnership and other di- that will come up in other situations as well. And that's the opportunity to be like, to question as opposed to run question. That's such a funny thing to me that we humans always run from the feelings that they have, but that is a different conversation for another episode <laughs> running away from how we feel. But yeah, that's a good segue into like into relationships being a vehicle for growth is because it's emotions become so potent in relationships. I feel like it's outside of probably kids. It is one of the most like potent triggering, activating internal experiences humans can have as being an intimate partnership. Why? Why do you think that is? I have I've thought about this question too, as to like why intimate relationship is so charged for people. 
Yeah. I know, but it tends to be. That's what like like it tends to be like, and that's why it makes people always say relationships are so difficult because they don't understand where those feelings are even coming from or why they even arise or if it's even appropriate for the circumstance. But why is it an intimate partnership that tends to happen so frequently? I guess it's because you're seeing the the darkest not darkest parts of people but the most intimate parts of an individual that other that in society or amongst your friends or your different peers doesn't come out there's like i think there's like an accepted level of comfort that's allowed in intimate partnership to expose all sides not saying it's appropriate and not saying it's i think it's appropriate you have to expose all sides in a relationship where you know it's never going to last and that's probably where a lot of triggering comes from is when you're with your friends, when you're hanging out, you're socializing, there's always a level of cordialness. There's always a level of etiquette. Um, but when you're in a relationship, etiquette, you're going to hear that word. person fart. You're going you know, <laughs> to see all their, their vices. And when you are connected to someone in an intimate way, you feel their emotions, whatever their emotions are, whatever their emotional state is. You are impacted by that. You, your emotions get triggered when their emotions get triggered. And so that's one of the ways that it's very triggering is when you're connected to someone and their emotions are on balance. When they're like, let's say they're sad because I don't know, some, their, their pet died or something. That's going to make you sad. Let's say they're angry because someone hit them. That's going to make you angry that they got hit. That's that level of connection that you have when you have a deeper connection with someone. Um, you're gonna you're taking on a whole new load of emotions mm-hmm. um, not just yours but you're gonna take on your partner's emotional load as well and you also you know will get support from them they'll give you support for you and your emotional load but that's I think one of the bigger reasons why emotions are so difficult because like let's say you take someone that like okay is very centered and very calm most of the time like they're just their biorhythms are very stable you <laughs> Yeah, yep. sure. And then you take, and that person gets in a relationship with someone that's very extroverted, very emotional. You know, one day they're happy, they're on top of the world, it's wonderful, rainbows are everywhere, they're chasing butterflies. The next day, they are sad, super sad, depressed, and they don't see a point to life. Now, when you're going to take that on as someone that's always been balanced and always is calm, and then you're going to be living through their extremely fluctuating emotional state as well. And that can be triggering you because you are used to a calm emotional state. You're not, you haven't lived your whole life like they have. They're used to that high fluctuating state. That's what they like to be. And there's always differences when you take someone else. Everyone's different. So you have to learn the other person's emotional state and their rhythms and whatnot. And a lot of people have enough problems figuring their own emotional state out they don't have room to take on someone else's as well um i think that's how boundaries are created too when you when you have an an understanding of how you're feeling you're able to discern between what's yours and what's theirs because when as you were speaking the first thing that was coming to mind is like oh that sounds kind of dangerous though because if you're taking on other people's experiences and what they're going through like you're you're becoming enmeshed or very um, intertwined into their life and their experiences. Now, of course, you want to do that. Just not you don't want to become a mesh, but you want to be able to support the person that you're with and understand them. But also, it's like, 
how much do you want to get tied in to the things that they're going through and they're bringing you into that? Because what if the situation becomes dangerous or compromising or you break up (laughs) (laughs) and so like if that's why everyone speaks about boundaries being so important though that you don't not taking on um other people's problems um because i think people also go through those intense emotional experiences and put it onto their partner because they're looking for like a safety outlet um, and I know, I know I've experienced that when you were talking, like I thought of our own situations that we've gone through, that we have gone through. Um, and I'm definitely more the emotional one. He's definitely more the ground one. And it's like this, this, I, I don't know if it's taught, um, more than likely is that we can purge those feelings onto the other individual and they're going to hold the safe space, like almost like a savior mm-hmm. kind of complex where it's like, yeah, I have all these feelings that I don't know what to do and I need someone to help me. So, and I, cause I can't understand myself. So this other person, because they're so intimate in my life and that, you know, gives the permission to blur all over them. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. <laughs> that happens in a lot of relationships. Um, I think the, the more, there's a more healthy approach in that, um, to sharing an emotional load because for example like someone that's grounded someone that's more calm could actually have a longing to experience a life through someone that is that you know lives life at the Mm. fullest of all the emotions versus someone that's usually just always calm and if they get in a relationship with someone like that they can enjoy living life to like these extreme high points of emotion and low points of emotion even because that's something that they're that they are that they're not capable of doing just by as they're so as they're naturally balanced in that way is that your experience with us in some ways i mean but i'm just being just in general that and it can go the other way someone that is kind of very hectic and very high energy all the time and is you know either the super happy super sad super angry doesn't really know what feeling balanced is like so if they get in a relationship with someone that's very balanced emotionally they can kind of start to live through that balance and see and experience what that's like. And maybe that will help. Like, as you see a lot of people in relationships, the longer they're in relationships, the more like they synchronize with each other. Yeah. In that way. Uh, and like, so you want to be in a relationship with someone that you like, you admire if you, because you're naturally going to end up acclimating to them synchronizing or or uh becoming more like them and you're going to adopt a lot of their characteristics so that's another little tidbit that i always say you always want to be in a relationship with someone that you admire things about them because you're going to become like them and if you don't if you don't admire anything about them or you look down on them you're you're going to become like that so like you're gonna you're actually going to end up lowering yourself and degrading yourself and down leveling if if you are in a relationship with someone that you do not and look up to in some way or some form like oh i I like their how they're emotionally balanced and i i'm always having trouble figuring that out so i want to you know be in a relationship with someone that is and learn from them and see how they did it and eventually just being around them you'll eventually have to make stuff we always want somebody that's going to move you forward you want someone who's going to 
help you improve as an individual and encourage that as opposed to being held back or the relationships where all your old stuff is just coming up. So you're playing out all your problems as opposed to being able to encourage each other. Not that that's not important because again, that's how you grow as a person. You get to look at, you know, what's coming up for you in relationship and hopefully have an awareness to hone that in that energy and be like, why am I always having these experiences all the time? Why am I keep having all these same feelings? Why do I keep having the same bite? So that's where the beauty can come in too. But yeah, definitely I want somebody who you can admire. So you're saying you admire me, babe? Are you saying you're, you say you admire me and my qualities? (laughs) You love me so much and I love you too. Um, well, I guess that's a good segue to the male and female dynamic then. Um, going back to the conversation about communication, I do think so because women naturally tend to be more cognizant about how other people are feeling or what are the emotions that are flying around. It's true. It's true. Uh, that emotions that are flying around or what's the energy that's happening. So it dictates, it does dictate how well, we communicate because we're trying to be, we're being aware of how that will influence the other person. But men tend to do much better. I feel with being way more direct and simple, but optimized <laughs> is the word I prefer. <laughs> Optimized. <laughs> yes, optimized. I always say it like this. Like, is there's a question right now? Is there even a difference between males and females? And there are, <laughs> not just biological, <laughs> but you know, there's many differences. But my comparison, the best way I like to compare male and female is that males. So let's start with females. Females are like a pocket watch with the clockwork. And they're very, they have all the little <laughs> screws and gears spinning around. They're shiny. They're pretty. You know, they're designed. They're laid in gold. They need to be wound up once a month. This type of stuff. <laughs> and then guys are like that G-Shock digital watch. You know, you can step on them. You can swim with them. You can take them anywhere. They never break. They're solar pa- They have a little solar panel, so they go, they go forever. You know, they're cheap. They're efficient. And they actually do more than the pocket watch does. They have Jesus. settings where you can have a mode. You can that set an alarm. so complicated. Does that mean men are more complicated than women now? Is that what's going on? Because of G-Shock. I, I'm just saying <laughs> the G-Shock does a lot more than the beautiful pocket watch, but the pocket watch is beautiful. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny when it comes to like when I, going back to the male and female dynamics and communication. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> I feel like a huge barrier to get through in understanding, at least if you're in a heterosexual relationship, male and female relationship, to know that it's okay for women to be very direct because the men will receive it well, and it's okay for men to be a bit more soft in their communication. Or it's okay. It's okay to. Or, you know, men, you can be direct because women can handle it, even though they don't think they can. Well, but it's also important to acknowledge that. But you also have to be sensitive. You have to be able to balance out your directness with seeing, you know, when you're being a little too much of, like, a bully or, uh, or, yeah, I've had to do that when I've been talking with you. Like, I've realized that's like, okay. I, I still need to be direct because I need to be honest, and that's very important in the relationship. 
but I also need to know when I need to balance it out with listening to what you are trying to communicate um, and trying to receive it and then let you know that it's been acknowledged and received and it is being processed by me um, and hearing your side of the story and hearing what you have to say and valuing what you have to say. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm in a relationship with someone that I don't value what they say, why am I in a relationship with them? So that's a mistake for me. So if I'm not valuing what you're saying, then I made the mistake of being in a relationship with you. And I don't feel like I made that mistake. So I always have to value. I think it's a great tip. Like, thank you. I think it's a great tip for men also in general, because it's too that women always want to feel understood as opposed to necessarily make like, Go, go and act and do. Most women, women just want to even feel understand themselves, yet they want to be understood. Yeah, because <laughs> we want to have our feelings acknowledged and appreciated because that makes us feel supported in our feelings. And it's very important because it teaches you emotional, like, and it, it provides emotional intelligence and in being able to be more of an empathetic individual. And your woman will feel safer. I feel women will feel safer with their men when they can practice taking that time to be to cultivate that understanding, which I don't think is always the most um, natural form of communication for men because men are so are so direct and assertive, which is great because you can communicate. I'm not trying to bullshit you. This is what X, this is Y and this is Z done. And I, and that is something I deeply value, but I think there's that essence to women is that sense that, being keen to the energetic and that's why women become so nurturing in relationships because we can we we are t- we're we are attuned to those energetic shifts and so if men can ha- can cultivate a better awareness of that i think it allows for the male and female dynamic in intimate partnership and heterosexual dynamic yes, to be there much needs smoother. to be a way where men and women can as their roles can appreciate each other's roles and communicate without giving up what makes a man a man and what makes a woman a woman because a man will always need to communicate in a direct efficient optimal manner that's what we're designed to do that's what we're supposed to do and that's the perspective we're supposed to contribute to the relationship and women need to learn how to receive that and accept that and learn how to work within that role and now they can go the same way for women. Uh, women need to learn how to communicate as a woman and contribute their aspects of nurturing, their sensitivity, their empathy to the man. And the man needs to learn how to receive that. Do people know how to have, have the skills or understanding or experience about what a healthy dynamic actually looks like? Because if people don't have that knowledge, how are you going to convey that in a story or a television show or a movie because people also create based off of of experience. And then that re-influenced culture to culture to understand what a, what a healthy partnership looks like because we always learning through observation. But does that mean those people know what even a healthy relationship is or what a healthier dynamic could look like? Cause I think that has a, part in it as well that causes a lot of difficulties between men and women it's just how do we have a relationship what's healthy look like this is what i've known so of course i'm going to write about that experience yeah i mean it's a lot definitely hard. this is why it's so important 
in the first place to have a solid relationship and kind of what I say is like it's very important if you have kids for the parents to stay together and display to the kids during their childhood be an example of what a healthy relationship looks like. This is why I say it's very important. You have to have a male and a female in the relationship. It's the best way to raise kids because the kid gets to see a male and a female interacting in a healthy way and sees the positivity of the masculine and the feminine working together and what can be created from that. Uh, life can be created from that. Like, I, like that, that's the most com, uh, powerful combination there is, is, combining the proper masculine in its in its way and the proper feminine in its own right uh, together. Because that's the only combination that creates life mm. on this planet. Unless you're like a snail or worm. Sure has. And I've enjoyed our relationship and it's definitely taught me a lot and opened my eyes to many things regarding communication, regarding understanding of self and how we are able to influence one another, whether we realize it or not. And then, of course, that always affects everything at a macro level. So, yeah, this is a good conversation, babe. I'm all for relationships. People need to get together more. People need to not be afraid of communicating more. People need to be willing to take bigger risks in relationships and as long as you go in with truth you can actually take those leaps of faith you can take those risks of does he does he not is he serious is he not or is she serious is she not is you know i don't know if i'm going to get hurt doesn't matter it's always worth taking the risk as long as you have truth behind your communication you will always go in the right direction with any and all of your relationships as long as you use truth as your compass and it sounds cliche but it's true hmm. and so it is and so it is thank you so much for staying all the way to the end of the episode i would so appreciate if you could subscribe like and or rate the show on any of the platforms it is that you listen to this Again, thank you so much for participating in the conversation with Crystal.